What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the award-winning Certified Wrench Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Mumbles McGee, Colton McCormack. So before we get into today's episode, if you guys could go over to whatever streaming platform you're listening to this podcast on, give me a like, subscribe, rate, and review. Help a brother out with the algorithm. Uh, If you guys are looking to donate to the podcast, buy some merch, or just check out the website, um, you can find the link tree on all the social media pages. Instagram is certifiedwrench underscore podcast. If anybody's looking to be a guest, check out the website, certifiedwrenchpodcast.com. All the way down at the bottom is a contact form. You fill that out, gets you in line for a questionnaire. Anyway, hopefully everybody had a good Thanksgiving, if you're in America, a good Christmas, and a good New Year's. New Year? New Year's. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I'm not even going to talk about today's episode. It's a really good one. I enjoyed sitting down and talking with this person. So let's just get into it. First off, introduce yourself. Okay. <laughs> uh, my name is Denton Vaughn, 28 years old. Uh, live here in Weatherford, Texas, a beautiful part of Kirk County here. Yeah, that's uh, when I first started looking out here, my buddy from Galt lived really? in Weatherford. And I'm like, dude, I, I'm looking for a place. You yeah. know, where's a good part? And he's like, oh, Weatherford. And then I looked how far it was from where I was going to be working. Yeah. Like, eh. but now, now I know it. I'm like, I could have done that easily. Right. So it's all, it's all freeway. So I kind of just gave away for where you're from. You're another one of them. Damn Californians. That's it. The the darn Yankees out there. (sighs) Ruining Texas. That's it. Infiltrating, you know, (laughs) with force. Yeah. I usually don't tell people where I'm from unless (laughs) Unless they they go, where are you from? You know, because apparently we have accents. That's what I'm told. And uh, like, well, I'm not going to tell you. And they go, oh, you're from California. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you don't when you don't give the exact answer right away. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're from California. So uh, I kind of guess we bounce off that. Uh, I, let's talk about your background a little bit. Yeah. Obviously, you grew up out there. Um, what got you into wrenching and stuff and what you're doing? So um, grew up on a ranch. Um, my whole family, they're all horse trainers. That's all that I know. Um, been doing that for (laughs) ever grew up, uh, on the back of a horse, just about, and long story short, uh, being a son of a horse trainer is you're broke, broke all the time. I grew up across street from an equestrian center Mm. and I used to work for her during like the summers and stuff. And I hate horses now. Yeah, that that can happen. The horse shit, horse piss. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And my wife owns horses. Mm, so you got back into it again. No. <laughs> That's her thing. Yeah. I don't I, I don't have anything to do with it. Okay. But sorry, go Megan. on. Uh so being a son of a horse trainer being broke is we had equipment to keep our place up and going but didn't want to ever pay anybody else to fix it. And so then it became our job to fix it. And so my dad's um, handy by nature just because he had to be. Uh, he couldn't rebuild an engine or anything like that, but he can. He could do all the basics. Um, very limited on electrical and stuff like that. But, 
you know, tearing something apart, putting it back together, he could do it. And so that's where we, I first started out was there at the shop helping him. And then it was quickly my job to then fix those things. And, uh, did that until, you know, all grown up until high school, went through high school and everything like that straight from, I think right after summer of high school of 2013, uh, went to UTI there in Sacramento, California. Damn, you're a child. I'm just yeah. kidding. I graduated in 2007. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Whenever I talk to some other people about how old they are, it's, uh, anyways, it's, it's tough. Definitely millennial. You know, for sure. Yeah. It's terrible. It's just like telling people you're from California when you live in Texas. Yeah. It's, it's hard. So you went to UTI. Uh, how was that for you? Let's talk about that real quick. So UTI has a great concept. It's meant to do well. Um, it's just like the public school system though, there, you've got few that are going to do great and you've got most that are just going to get by and that are never going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. The numbers that they give on the commercials and stuff, I don't feel like that's even very honest. I think there's a lot more as far as like how much it costs to go or like both. when you're done. I, I think obviously they tell you what the tuition is, you know, just for to go to the diesel program or the mm-hmm. automotive program or the body shop end of it. But they don't also factor in when you got to move to go to that school and everything else yeah. to stay there, everything else that's all involved. And then on top of that is how many people are actually going to graduate and actually have a career in the field that they studied in. And it's, it's, yeah. it's not good. Like it, it's flat out. Like I'm, I'm glad I went to it. It gave me the, basics of everything yeah. but it wasn't like i had a head start compared to everybody else yeah there. so like growing up working on stuff with your dad or did you get to this school and go i kind of knew that that's i don't need to learn this let's let's get more hard into something else yeah but i was also like redneck school with my dad yeah. you know it, it was you know if you have a bolt it'll fit the hole you just got to hit it hard <laughs> enough with a hammer you know yeah so it uh it told me the pro- taught me the proper way mm. to do things and why something does something. You know, it wasn't just that if that's broken, fix it. You know, put the yeah. new part on. It was the uh, why, how everything worked, and what it did beforehand. Um, what it taught me the most was electrical. You know, coming that's from good. coming from no electrical experience hardly, except for replacing a light bulb, putting in. You know, as a teenager, putting in your own stereo system that was not even close to wired properly, (laughs) getting ready to burn the pickup down to the ground, you know, doing all that stuff, you know, actually figuring all that out. Um, Schooling itself is great in the sense that hopefully you get out what you put into it. But as far as if you go off the commercials and you think that you're going to have a career by just going to that schooling. Making 70,000 right off the bat. Come on. No. Come on. It, 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 and you have no experience. That's the whole hard part about it. You know, like yeah. everyone's looking for at least some experience because you don't know anything after you're done. You have the theory of how everything works, but you have no experience of like how to actually tear something apart. There's a whole different end to schooling on that end if you wanted to get into it. So did you, uh, what did you take at UTI as a diesel program or? Yeah, so I took their uh diesel program there in Sacramento 
And I believe they're the same through all the UTIs as far as the okay. curriculum. I didn't know if there was like welding shop, automotive, diesel, or any how if they broke them up or not. They did, uh, or they do. Um, I only took diesel. Like my brother, he took diesel and automotive. Okay. Um, but I just took just straight diesel, and that's the only thing that I did. But how long was that? It was about a year, just under a year or so. I mean it. It's nice that they cram it into that amount of time, and so that way you're not sitting there for three or four years before you actually can start your career. Yeah. But, you know, I going backwards, I don't know if I would have changed it. I, I think I still probably would have went to the schooling, but you're not – you don't have a leg up on everybody else like they portray. So, because, you know, like Caterpillar has their program mm-hmm. at Delta. Yep. Did you ever think about doing that? I did. I just wasn't actually approached by them ahead of time. Well, I didn't know if you had to be approached or you could pay to go type thing. Yeah. Yeah, you can um, both ways. I didn't honestly know about it until I was already in UTI. Yeah. I learned about it after high school and I was like, oh, man, I want to do that. And they're like, oh, well, it's college. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Right, right. Yeah. (laughs) I hated school growing up. So when I was able to graduate luckily graduate um yeah college was out of the question i didn't want nothing to do with it didn't even want to get even even an automotive whatever nope, nope. none nope i was ready to go to work yeah. and make money but enough about me i apologize let's uh i think i'm done with the uti questions i just i i like to ask a lot of questions yeah. about that because there's a lot of new people that listen uh-huh. to this and they were like well do i go to, to school or should i just get into it man if it if it were me and we'll get into this a little bit more later on, but if it were me, just go to work. Yes. Get an apprenticeship. Yes. Go, go somewhere and sweep the floors. Yep. You know, just, and, and ask a million questions. You're going to be that guy, Mm -hmm. but be the, not the guy that's not popular. Just go over there, ask a million questions to those people. Um, try and work your way up. Start at the very bottom. And you'll be right alongside the guy that spent yeah. all the money to go to school. Just don't be a lot porter because you'll never make your way out of that. Try to be a lube guy or something. Yeah, right, right. Uh, so I'm trying to think here. Pause. <laughs> so after UTI, um, I was hired during UTI to go um, be a mobile <laughs> mechanic uh, for NorCal Kenworth. Um, went during the interview, you know, was awfully, um, honest about what, what I knew is I didn't know much except for how to work on a ranch and tear apart, you know, your grandfather's, you know, uh, old case backhoe and everything like that. And, uh, was willing to literally start at the very bottom. And they said, well, we need a mobile mechanic in San Leandro, California. Jeez. And for you people that don't know where San Leandro, California is, <laughs> Picture Oakland, you know, LA, anything like that, the the hood, like it is mm-hmm. out there. And uh, anyways, here's this little ranch kid that decided that he wanted to be a mobile mechanic. <laughs> and uh, anyways, started there for NorCal Kenworth right as soon as I was done for, um, done with UTI. Mm. And uh, anyways, started with those guys, trained with them, um, spent a bunch of time in Sacramento and then went down to San Leandro. And I uh, was down there for a few years before 
uh, moving back up to Sacramento because I wanted out of San Leandro about as fast as we could. Yeah. Um, get this. I was making, uh, when I first moved to San Leandro, I was making $15 an hour as a mobile mechanic in, in San Leandro. In the Bay Area. In the Bay Area. <laughs> and obviously young, didn't know anything, but I was like, I lived in a trailer um, across the hill. I uh, can't even remember uh, the the park that I was at, but I bought a trailer and was living in the trailer just so I could work for those guys. So anyway, mm. start at the very bottom. It's all good people. You will make it through it. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to have Sorry, a career, I just in keep it. laughing. Cause <laughs> I used to be a repossessor, man. And I used to go to the East Bay all the time really? and repossessing, uh, <laughs> you know, San Jose, yeah. San Leandro. What's the, uh, town with the R, um, Anyway, over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People are going to be like yelling at me, like all Fremont, all those areas. And yeah. They, Oakland. And it's the hood. Like, if people are here in Texas, just think South Dallas. Right. You know, it, it it's bad. It is not pretty. <sighs> yeah, you, you lock everything, every minute. And Oakland's scarier, in my opinion, during the day. It's not good. It, it don't it, like that's you don't want to be there at night or daytime. Like yeah. it is not a pretty area. I had a gun pulled on me in Oakland. Nice trying to pull a car. I had it hooked up and everything. <laughs> Guy came out. The, the he had the wheels turned all the way to the right. Uh -huh. So every time I tried to pull out, it would want to go against his other car. Right. Like you bastard. He pulled a gun on me. Call Oakland PD. Like hey, this guy's got a gun. Blah right. blah. They never showed up. So I just dropped the car and left. It's the only thing you could do. Yeah. Yeah. Getting get, shot over a car. Yeah. Like, they ain't coming. Because that's the thing in Oakland. Like, if you get yeah. shot, I'm sure people are like, shut up. You know? Oh. If you get shot, killed, your body's there till the morning. It Legitimately. We, uh, I was involved in a hit and run there. Mm. And called, you know, at the time, that was my first accident ever being in, you know? <laughs> and I was in uh, a flatbed dually pickup that was mine, you mm. know? And was, the guy hit the bed of the, of the truck. And so like his car was destroyed somehow he kept on going on the freeway, but I pulled over, you know, nervous as hell and everything like that, you know, <laughs> called the cops like this. I was just involved in a hit and run, you know, can't believe this. This guy ran from me and everything else. The bed was fine. But anyways, it was like an hour and a half later. Finally they showed up and they're like, yeah, we're not going to do anything. Like yeah. there's no reason for us to even take this down. We're never going to find the guy. And I was like, Oh, are you kidding me? What about my truck though? Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry. Oh yeah. I just it makes me laugh because I've yeah. been there, done that, you know. Yeah. Uh but wanted out. As as soon as I got in, wanted out of there, but it it was necessarily necessary for the uh grown process, you know. Yeah. Start at the bottom. Get get in where you can. So you went to uh Sacramento NorCal Kenworth, correct? Right. Which we usually don't say names, but it's okay. Okay. My uncle worked for NorCal Kenworth for many freaking years until he passed away. And uh, so, kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> nice guy. I, I, I knew him, not well, but knew him. Oh, we yeah, worked together yeah, a lot. Yeah, so. that's, yeah he, he passed away from COVID. COVID is bad, people. I, too, talk a lot of shit, but... I survived it, but some people don't. Yeah. Um, anyway. So enough about that. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Enough about the COVID, the Rona, the uh, spicy cough, as everybody calls it. <laughs> um, you can open that. It's okay. Right. okay. Make noise. We're drinking beer at uh, what time is it? Eleven o'clock in the morning. Ten forty. Absolutely. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Um, so went up there to Sacramento, worked there for quite a few more years and just worked my way up the chain. Um, started at the very bottom. By the time I was done with NorCal Kenworth, uh, I was a service manager for their whole rental side of their uh, department of NorCal. So we had four locations, um, had 10 mechanics working for us. Most of them were all mobile. Um, anyways, just worked my way up, took over one location, then took over two, then three, then four, hmm, and became the service manager for all of them. That's pretty cool. It was, um, talk about, we can get into this more later on. Um, when you're young and you got guys that are a lot older than you and a lot more experienced than you, trying to manage them well is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a way to do it. Um, I'm not sure that every way will work with everybody, but, um, you know, it was fun. It was a fun challenge. I'm glad that I did it because, once again, that's why I'm at where I'm at now. Yeah, and we'll definitely dive into that portion and, you know, because I want to talk about that, you know, with your company or whatever, but... No more company names. Okay. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the next step. So um, after NorCal, Ken- well, during NorCal Kenworth, uh, got engaged and we did not want to live in California anymore. What? You yeah, did it? Surprising, right? <laughs> so we decided that we we're going to move to uh, Texas. And the reason why we moved out here to Texas is my wife got a pretty much minimum wage job. And we're like, that's enough. We'll move. We don't care. Moved out here. Um, I didn't have a job lined out or anything like that. Um, came out here and just started picking up any side job that I could for some people had some money sitting away. So just needed enough to pay for the rent, pay for the groceries and everything else. And then, um, was looking for jobs the whole entire time. Started working for Peterbilt, uh, shortly after we did get here, I think like a month or two, finally got a job with them as being a mechanic in one of their shops. Hmm. And then from there, um, started my own thing. You know, we, we, during this time from when we first moved out here, it wasn't the plan to start my own business at the time, but it was a necessary, uh, thing at the time just to try and make some side money to pay for rent and everything else when we first moved out here and taking all these side jobs, long story short, um, I found an industry that needed a, that had a huge need for a mobile and we built off of that. Uh, but worked for Peterbilt for a short minute, um, found out that it sucked working for them and you weren't making any money. And the big Peterbilt up there or just a, a Fort Worth. Oh, okay. So yeah. actual dealership. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. 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 So working for Peterbilt there in Fort Worth, uh, was hardly making anything and it sucked driving to Fort Worth all the time. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but during that time, you know, we, we had the, the spicy cough as we call it going on. So at least traffic was low. <laughs> kind of. Time. It's, it really didn't seem like it affected too much here compared to other States where right. people are like, I drove to work and there was three cars on the road and usually <laughs> there's 50 and I'm like, yeah. it didn't, it didn't change much here. No. It was crazy. Um, after, uh, but yeah, it, I was there for a few months and decided that we need to go full board on, on yeah. our own deal. That's cool, man. So let's talk about that. So I uh, started a business called Rentworks Repair. Um, started it in May of 2020. And um, it started with just myself and I didn't even have a service truck. Uh, but we found after we moved here uh, and doing these side jobs, I was talking to the western side of the world 
um, all these horse trainers and big ranches and stuff like that, that were over there in the Weatherford area. Mm-hmm. And they could find somebody that could work on just a tractor, just a truck or just a trailer, but nobody that would work on all of them. Hmm. And, um, we talked to enough ranches that had that same issue and they could haul something to a dealership. No problem. Or you could haul it to town, no problem and drop it off. But then it's in line and it's there for two months, you know, before you ever get it back. And we talked to enough people and got enough leads that we said, if we start this thing, we're going to do it all. We're going to take it all in house. And would you guys be our first customers? And that's how it started. So, so you're doing all ranch work, like gators, lawnmowers, tractors, trailers. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Man. So we started out just taking on some side jobs, but then we got to now where we've got, um, big accounts to hmm. where we'll do um, everything from your riding lawnmower all the way up to your Peterbilt. You know, we'll, we'll put it all on a service interval for you. We <laughs> take all this stuff in house for you. There's no more. You got to remember when the oil changes do, we do all that stuff for you. It's all set up with a pre- computer program. Um, pretty much we're out of sight, out of mind. We come when we need to, to come out and do services and stuff like that. But we don't even tell anybody that we're coming it's all set up pre um, with the customer pre set up with all them on the interval. And you pretty much call us when something breaks. If, if there's nothing that's broken, we're out of sight, out of mind. That's cool. And uh, anyways, we've continued to build off of that. And that's the backbone of what we do now. So we found this niche and these people that there was a need and there was nobody wanting to fill it. Cause it is tough. You yeah. know, it is tough to try and find somebody that will want to work on it riding lawnmower and a Peterbilt and your trailer and your tractor, all of your attachments, everything. Yeah. I can, I could kind of see it though. Like, Oh, somebody's got a lawnmower down in, you know, way out there West. Like a lot of people don't want to drive out there to right. put a belt on a lawnmower. Right. But if you can get work all in the same place, like, Oh, can you look at this? Or I could see that's, that's yeah. pretty awesome, man. That's and, pretty cool. And it's, uh, the people are generally pretty good. Yeah. You know, uh, I like those those type of people, if you want to put it that in a category. But the the West- racist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Western culture, as a general, is generally pretty um, nice. Yeah. You know, they're they're welcoming, so to say. Mm-hmm. So we took these large ranches, um, and we just continue to add more and more and more of them. And uh, now we've got uh, three service trucks. We've got a shop. Um, and we run around the Parker County area. We go all the way down to Stephenville, all the way up to Poolville. Um, now we've also got it set up to where whenever there's horse shows in the area, we go to the horse shows and on the way here, we got people from, you know, East coast and West coast coming all the way out here for a horse show and their stuff break down, breaks down along the way. We go there to the horse show, fix it there at the show, or we bring it back to our shop and then bring it back to them at the horse show get him up and running. Just so everybody knows this company plan that he's got is trademark. So don't steal it. Yeah. (laughs) No, (laughs) I'm just kidding. It's anybody could do it. Yeah. Like we just found the niche, the need, and we just chased it. We didn't want to follow the cookie cutter thing of like, Oh, we only work on dozers. We only don't, we only work on construction stuff or only ag. And so don't get me wrong. It is so hard to do. Like it is not easy because. That's me. I apologize. My dad is 
FaceTiming me. <laughs> and somehow it's still connected to my computer. Anyway, I'm going to have to edit that out, I think. No, I'll leave it in. Yeah, Screw it's all it. Good. See, good it happens, people. <laughs> We're humans. Yeah. Um, I forgot my train of thought now. Uh, shit. Anyway, uh, I it's hard work, like you were saying. I did work for my wife's friend on one of her... What's the name of that trailer? Bloom Bloomer. Bloomer? Yeah. I kept wanting to say Bloomington. That's a town. Yeah. Bloomer. High-end trailer there. <sighs> Real expensive. Yeah. No fingerprints on that one left Go when you're done. Go to... Uh, she said the brakes weren't working, and this company said they fixed it. No, they just completely took the brake line off and oh. capped it. Nice. And it was just a, a nightmare, and I'm sitting there because my I basically got volunteered to fix this by my wife, my lovely, beautiful mm. wife, whom you know I adore. Yeah, yeah. Would sign you up only for the easy jobs. So yeah. you- of course, I'm here by myself, and my wife's at the girls' wedding in Montana, uh-huh. and I'm like, your friend's trailer is a piece of shit. <laughs> you know, getting mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I, I got it fixed, or the best I could at least, you know, and kind of let her go on. And yeah. said, never again. Don't yeah. do that shit. Right. So, you know, I understand, man. I used to do a lot when I worked back home at mm-hmm. that little shop we talked about. Um, people would just bring in random stuff, horse right. trailers, you know, flatbed trailers, lawnmowers, everything. So I used to have to do all of it. Right. So I understand. But uh way to uh, take advantage of something when you could, you know. Right. And that, so. that's a big part of it. Don't be, you know, for the other people out there, don't confine yourself to just being mm-hmm. one thing. And don't get me wrong, it is very nice when you're very good at just doing one thing and you can do it quickly, efficiently. Yep. You know, you know it inside and out. Like, that's awesome. But on the flip side is why are you limiting yourself to only one thing? What happens if that part of the industry gets slow, burns up tomorrow? You got to have some different ways of doing some stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure you work on some high-end ranch stuff as far as like um, like cutting horse and right. barrel horse people. And I'm sure they're not afraid to spend some money if they need to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's different, you know, because you go into these multi, multi, multi-million dollar places. So like you really got to watch what you're doing, you know, like no oil on mm-hmm. the ground. Doesn't matter if it's a drop, a gallon, no oil anywhere, no grease on anything. And, you know, really watch that end of it. And you get to, I mean, on the flip side, you do get to see some pretty cool places and do some cool stuff. I thought you were going to say some hot chicks. Like, uh, well, I mean, that's in part of it too. We, we can get to those stories later on uh, after the podcast. But So I uh, kind of bouncing off of that little hot chick thing when they were fixing the TCU stadium, they were making it a bowl. They just okay. had to go there and work at TCU all the time. Right. I almost wrecked my service truck because of girls. <laughs> <laughs> That'll happen. That'll happen. I, uh, yeah. Anyway, so pretty sweet, man, honestly. I mean, I never would have thunked to do it. Um, was And you said it wasn't your plan to go out on your own. Was it your plan to target this type of thing or were you like oh if i need to get into heavy equipment i can or trucks or i didn't think that far into it um 
it at the time it was just the need, you know, needed some money. Yeah. Those guys were, it was all around us. And so it was easy for us to go to, you know, a local place rather than drive all the way into Fort Worth or something like that to go find a job to do. Yeah. So after we found that there was a definite need for it, cause we kept on looking around for somebody else that was doing it. Cause we figured somebody else was, mm-hmm. there wasn't. And there's enough people out there that work on, you know, one or two things every now and then, you know, they've got a old, old, old service truck, you know, but they do two jobs a day, you know, and that's it. And that's all that they want to do, which is fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, but <laughs> there was nobody hitting it hard. Yeah. And that's what we try to do. Yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought again. I, I keep I like I come up with these great questions while you're talking, like, oh yeah, I'm gonna ask that and then I forget. Um well uh, that I guess that so moving to a completely mm-hmm. new state, not knowing anybody. Did you know anybody when you moved out here? No I mean we had friends that were out here, okay. but no like um you know, they were my dad's friends. They were all horse trainers. Yeah. Being a horse trainer, so kind of had a little bit. Because I was gonna say, moving to a new new state, you know, and deciding to start your own business, I, I imagine that's gotta be really hard, like not knowing anybody. Because it's it always helps knowing somebody. Like, oh hey, so and so needs help over here. Yep. I know this guy. Right. You know, I guess you just cold call or you know or it, drive up to their ranch and say, hey, exactly this right, is my deal. Yep. And so we took. Um, you know, we, we knew a few people that were out here, a couple of people that were in need. Well, then that spread out to some other people. And so then we found friends of friends and friends and stuff like that that were in the need. And at the time, um, you know, we were just doing it on the side. So it wasn't a whole lot of money for them. Uh, we were making enough to make a little bit of side money on the deal. And um, it worked. It worked for everybody. And it, it still does work. But that's how we kind of came up with you know a customer base was just... There was how my very first job was building a barn for a guy. Mm, okay. And uh, it started out as just a lean-to, then it turned into an eight-horse barn. So anyways, <laughs> escalated quickly. And that was my very first job was putting a, putting together a whole entire pipe barn for a guy. And uh, anyways, then it was while we're there, hey, can you fix my tractor? You know, my tractor don't want to run. And That's cool. And it was this, and then it was that. Then it was he talked to a friend, then he talked to a friend, then he talked to a friend. And that's how the word kind of spread out from there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't even know about you. My wife's like, Oh, so-and-so their husband has their own company and that's how we got in touch. And yeah. so I go, okay. Right. <laughs> Easy enough. Yeah. yeah. Word spreads quick. Yeah. Um, you got anything else you want to cover on the background? Well, or do you want to dive into these topics? Cause you got some good ones. <laughs> oh, shoot, background's easy. No, we're good. There's, you know, started out at the very bottom, yep. and uh, everything was building up to what I do now, not because that was my plan. It just worked out that way. Um, you know. It, it... <laughs> now my daughter's FaceTiming me. Jeez, I apologize, people. Of course, you know, I don't hear from any of these folks or nothing. Yeah, yeah. And then Saturday comes around and blown up. The I'm phone. sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It's all good. Uh, so we kind of, we kind of talked about training mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. what you recommend and stuff. 
we talk about a lot on this podcast as far as training or getting younger folks into the the trades mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it because there's different I keep hearing different things about blue collar or mm. wrenching trades like how different is automotive compared to heavy equipment like I do or some people call a firefighter a blue collar person. Mm. I don't know how it all works out. So getting the younger generation into any of this stuff that will treat you good over the years, retirement, good benefits. What's your opinion on how, first of all, training for the younger generation, how do we get these folks into this stuff? Because nowadays it's everybody stuck behind right. their phone and, bunch of pussies or um they don't like to get their hands dirty anymore they don't like to play in the mud for a long time i kind of just stopped talking about this stuff because it's just a broken record over and over yeah but i figured i'd ask your opinion since you kind of brought it up yourself you know Mm -hmm. training for the younger generation then we'll kind of just bounce off of you know all of it so two different things um taking people that are full grown adults that have never done it before and how to train them. Cause mm-hmm. that's what we've done here lately. And then also trying to bring in young kids into it. Um, so what we do, let me, let me, let me start with what my, what, what, <laughs> what a younger kid could do mm-hmm. to try and do something like this. If he's even so much as sort of interested. So what I do is I right now we have a couple high school kids that come out and work for us. Um, okay. They come out, you know, on their breaks, uh, sometimes in the afternoons and stuff like that, but they come over on their whatever it is, spring break, winter break, all that stuff. They come out and they work for us. And we start at the very basics of like, here's how to run a chainsaw and start there. And then <laughs> here's how to paint fence and get them some hand skills. And then we start teaching them how to um, operate equipment and stuff like that, start building them up. So, as far as if a kid is sort of interested in any sort of anything, try and find somebody that's willing to pay you something to take something off of their hands. Like we've got kids that come out and they trim trees for us. And then after they're done doing those sorts of tasks, then we start starting them on some other stuff, like some more stuff there in the shop. Um, so we start um, grooming's kind of a, iffy word here (laughs) but we start grooming these kids when they're young you know training them conditioning them whatever you want to call it but we start start them when they're really young of you know working with your hands working outside and all that other stuff give them the very basics if they don't want to be a mechanic that's fine at least they have a better arm up on yeah every other kid that just wants to sit behind their phone all day and not do anything with themselves basically giving them a little bit of common sense yeah a lot of common sense yeah, I might have to send my kid your way because, God damn it, sometimes I want to kick him right in his ass. <laughs> I told him to put some water in the dog bowl the other day. I said, grab the cup, and he's just sitting there looking at me like, what cup? Like, any of them. I don't care. And then he, my wife was just doing dishes, so the water was still hot. He just puts the cup under and opens it up on hot and puts <laughs> hot water. I'm like, dump that out. Make sure you check yeah. and see if it's cold. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. You know, and just right. Mm, mm-hmm. Get your face out of the computer, phone screen, and let's learn some stuff like basic shit. Right. So I, I do take some joy in that. You know, there, there's. I feel like it's 
at this point, my duty to also give back to those people. Okay. Yeah. Cause I grew up differently than everybody else. I'm not saying my way of how I grew up was right. And everybody else's is wrong. That's not the case, but I learned a lot of life skills by working on a ranch. Yeah. Using your hands, using your hands. Your yeah. Working when it was hot as hell out. Yes. And people freezing. Yeah. Yes. People, it gets cold and hot in Northern <laughs> California. It's not just, you know, surf weather all the time. That's what everybody thinks. Oh, yeah. Are you from LA? Do you know yeah. the Kardashians? Where's your beach ball at? Fuck. <laughs> I have to explain to a lot of people like, no, we're from the Valley. You know, if you go two hours east, you're in the mountains. Right. Or if you go two hours west, you're in San Francisco. And I'm from the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Not the city. Right. <laughs> like there's more than just the, just the beach there, yeah. you know, Jeez. in the mountains. Anyway, I apologize. I keep interrupting. But I, I do have a lot of fun training or, or helping out the younger generation. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... We put a lot of effort into these guys, you know, that come in, they spend their summers, their winter breaks and stuff with us. Um, they mess up a lot of stuff too. So if anybody else is thinking about doing this, get ready. It's going to be expensive, <laughs> um, but it is worth it. If you look at the, how they're going to turn out at the end of it, you know, with the life skills that they'll learn, it is 100% worth it. Yeah. Plus you don't have to trim your own trees and you don't have to mow your own lawn. It's, it's all good. It's good. So are you, you have employees, correct? Right. Um, are they folks that you've trained or is people that have had experience in the field? So on the mobile mechanic end of it, both. We've okay. got guys that have had mobile experience and mechanical experience before. And then we've got guys that was literally an HVAC technician last year. Really? Zero experience. And now he's a full on, you know, we'll call it middle grade um, mechanic. You know, like he can, he can handle a lot. That's Not cool. everything, but he can handle a lot. And huh. so going into employees and training full-grown full adults to be a mechanic and stuff like that, like it is very challenging as well. But if you have the right ideas and you have the right expectations at the end of it, it can be well worth it. You just got to make sure, just like anything else, you got to make sure you're hiring the right person for it. You know, don't look at just experience. Yeah. Because experience only gets you so far. I like... Because I've, I've, we'll talk off the air uh, about my position at work, but um, I've had to sit in on interviews, and I like to look for people that are more outgoing, not right. just the yeah, right. yeah, kind of just looking around. Or I, I like a, to. I like a guy that can go in and not even apply for a job and just walk into the service manager and sit down and bullshit and like, hey, this is what I not cocky, yeah, just sit there and like. I could do this job, you right. know, I'm looking for a job. I've, I've gotten jobs that way yeah. and not applied for them. You know, I like that outgoingness of somebody and they can, that has some decent experience. Not, I don't, I, I don't know. Right. <laughs> no. And, and experience isn't the, you know, I, I'm the testament to society that you don't have to have the experience to get a job. Yeah. You know, well, I'll hire somebody off there if they're the right person for the job as far as attitude, you know, everything else that goes into that. But, you know, I'm willing to hire somebody that is, you know, in their thirties that doesn't know anything, but they've got the right attitude. They got yeah. the right work, work ethic. They're going to be there. You know, you can depend on them exactly. and everything like that. And I can train the rest. As long as you have some basic 
hand tool skills, you know, and basic uh, knowledge of like the righty tidy lefty Lucy. I can work with that. <laughs> I can go, I can go from there. So I guess bouncing off of that a little bit, are you hiring? Not for me, not asking. Um, I'm always hiring the right people. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, right now, all of our positions are filled, but if somebody comes along, that's the right person. I'm going to take that person. Yeah. You make always. a room, make room. Uh, always. That's good, man. I like to hear that. That's cool as hell. Um, but we'll take, so going off of the guys that are older, not kids anymore, and they decide that they want to be a mechanic, you know, sometimes it's a little persuasion involved. Not everybody wants to be a mechanic, but talking to these guys and say, giving them the, the career opportunity to be, become one and see what it can add up to in the long run for them. Yeah. Um, it takes a very long time, but it's very much so possible. So like we've taken uh, last year, we had two guys that came in. They're still here today. Uh, one was a truck driver and um, far from a mechanic. You know, he had the basics of like how to change his own oil and that's it. Hmm. Um, then the other one was a previous HVAC technician. Both were the right people. Yeah. But they had no experience in it. And so then we spent from there on, um, they rode with myself and one other mechanic that I've hired that uh, has a ton of experience, just like I do. And they rode with us for minimum of six months before they even went out on their own. Does that, how do you feel about paying somebody to ride around with somebody else? And Totally worth it. Yeah, is totally it? Totally worth cause it. Because I get mixed answers on that. Whenever I talk to somebody, because some people are, I'm not paying, you know, two guys to do the same job, but sometimes I'm like, man, I would take a new hand, you know, that has a little bit of experience and let him ride around with me and teach him everything I could. Absolutely. And I'm sure it would pay off tremendously Mm -hmm. in the end. Yeah. I'm more inclined right now to hire somebody that has zero experience and train them than to hire somebody with a ton of experience. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it is expensive, right? To train somebody for six months before yeah. you ever send them out on your own. But they know exactly what you trained them. Mm-hmm. And they're going to do it how you want it to. They have no previous bad habits coming into it. They have the right attitude. They know how you want it done. All the right things. Yes, it's ex- extremely expensive. I almost, on the bookkeep- bookkeeping end of it, that person with the trainee makes no money for six months. Yeah, Zero. Like, I, I automatically write it off on the books that that person is not going to make us any money for six months. Hmm. So you got to really plan that for obviously what you're doing, but it is worth it in the long run. It, once again, if you're hiring the right person, you can't just take your neighbor and throw him in a truck and say, Hey, let's go yeah. play mechanic here. Yeah. But getting the right guy, it, it will be worth it in the long run. Hmm. Yeah. I, I completely agree, man. Cause you know, I've, I've been doing this a long time and there, being a field tech, you've got to come up with some shit sometimes. Oh yeah, to do something right, and that person might you might stick them in a truck, like kind of like you did, and not you couldn't figure out how to do something yeah. when really it's like, oh well, he figured out how to do it this way. I wonder if I can do it. You right. know, you got to use your brain sometimes being a field oh. tech. You're out there by yourself. You got to come up with some crap. Yeah, we could talk for days about that. <laughs> Yeah. You got to think outside the box. Yes. You're, you're. You've got it right there. <laughs> yeah. Difficulties in having a mobile. Well, yours is a mobile diesel repair business, right. but thinking outside the box. Yeah. Well, we'll, yeah, we've touched on that a little bit. We don't, we don't follow 
cookie cutter side of it. No, you know, we don't, we don't do not that it's right or wrong, but you know, if you're just heavy duty equipment and you just want to do heavy duty equipment, yeah. great. You know, there's nothing wrong with that for us. We found, you know, I'd, I'd encourage people if they talk to enough people in that area or you see that there might be a need for it, you might want to look into it some more. Yeah. Your, your eyes are usually not deceiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but if you're an older, older than high school guy and you want to get into the industry, you can. You got to find that right person, though, that's willing to put the time into you. Because if you get trained not the proper way, you know, um, or a way that's not going to benefit you in the long run, you might want to look at somewhere else. And now it's tough trying to figure that out, right? If you don't know right from wrong, mm-hmm. but look at the shop, look at the people, look at everything around it. You know, you can make your judgment off of that. Yes, definitely. But we, we take a lot of pride in training our people how we want them to want them to do. We want everybody to be successful and we put a lot of effort into making that happen. I kind of want to bounce something off what you just said about mm-hmm. like, open your eyes type stuff. I was just listening to my boy on the flat rate tech podcast. And he said something about go talk to some of the folks in the shop, kind of yeah. get a feel of how, cause they're going to tell you the truth. Right. <laughs> you know, somebody that's hiring you is going to be like, Oh, this is great. You know, yeah. we're the greatest thing. And then you go and talk to a technician. They're like, mm, yeah. you do what you want. You know, if, yeah. if you want to come here, you come mm. work here. I, I've done it. I've yeah. told people, but um, let's let's talk about. I guess we can put these two to things together. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, you, you're talking about how to grow and scale your small business, but I also want to talk about the difficulties. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and we've kind of talked about how to grow, or you know, how you started. So I guess it was kind of how you grow it yeah. too. But do you have anything else on that? Um. The biggest thing, depending on what type of business you want to run, one a, f- a, a few topics to go down this mm-hmm. rabbit hole on. Because mm-hmm. once again, you could spend, <laughs> a, you could have an entire podcast about just this topic alone. Yep. But if you're looking to scale, don't be afraid of screwing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you're hiring the right people, and um, make sure that you're putting enough effort into those people. Whether if it's poaching them from a different shop. To make sure if you know that that's the right person for that role, if, whether if it's somebody in the in the office, you know, service manager, whatever it is, mm-hmm. make sure that you're hiring the right people. Because I see so many people get limited off of what they do because they don't want to have employees. Yeah. And employees will allow you to scale. So you make sure you hire the right employees. It's it's easier said than done, but. If you hire the right people and the right employees, you can scale and make sure that you're not, you're okay with the screw ups and the growing pains. Yeah. How do you feel about firing customers if you have to? Love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're, if, if this is not a two way, um, relationship, mm-hmm. you know, in, in our industry, it's a relationship because we, we survive off of reoccurring yes, of services and everything like that. We don't, we don't survive off of new customers. It mm-hmm. doesn't work for us yeah. in our business model. So we have a relationship. If it's only one-sided and we're doing all the work and you're not putting in everything, you're going somewhere else. Or mm-hmm. if you're just a pain to deal with, 
I would rather fill that hole with somebody else that's fun to deal with. You know, I can't have all sunshine and rainbows all the time, but let's have the majority of the customers be good customers. Yeah, of course. You know, it, it's always nice when you can be like, Hey, this is the problem. They're like, Oh, no problem. Fix it. Right. And not try to, you know, nickel and dime you on everything, which I'm sure it happens. Yeah. And they can still be a great customer, but when they're constantly doing it, cause I know a few right. that do it every, every time. invoice, every invoice, they question it. Well, and it's over, $20, yeah. you know, we're not talking thousands and thousands of dollars yeah. here. We're talking 20 bucks and you're like, man, you've cost me $20 about this phone call yeah. right now. Like <laughs> you, I could have been working for this yeah. right now, you know? Yep. And so, yeah, it, it's tough. I don't, I think you kind of get lazy if you don't have a couple tough ones in there, mm-hmm. you know, you got to have a couple of them yeah, that yeah. kind of challenge you a little bit. Just like you said, it can't be all rainbows and yeah. sunshine and flowers. It's, I, you're saying it perfect. (laughs) It's, it's part of it. Right. So I, I purposefully actually have a few customers that I would like to get rid of on one side of it, but on the other side, they pay their bills. Yeah. They're, they're difficult, but they're not impossible. Hmm. And it's, 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 it's good for me. It's good for the employees. They're not impossible. So we figured it out. And so now the challenge is, can you make it to where it really works good? You know, So kind of put a little challenge, put a little twist on it, say, okay, well, can I take this customer and make it to where, you know, there's never a struggle of whatever it is. Maybe you're, you're on time. They expect you to be there 15 minutes, you know, whatever it is, 15 minutes early. And then they're grabbing about that or the bill isn't clear. Well, sir, I broke it down per line item here. You're like, it is as clear as clear gets. Yeah. You know, so anyways, you fire the bad ones keep a couple of difficult ones, not too many and keep all the good ones. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Can. Yeah. And you, those good ones, man, are always going to probably have your back too and right. recommend you to other people. And there's just, there's so much to talk about. Like you said, on this <sighs> whole thing, you could, yeah, you could spend days and days on this, but scaling a small business, right. You gotta, you gotta fire the bad ones quick. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If, if, if you have a bad girlfriend, hopefully you're going to get rid of her quick. Right. Well, you might go back and have a second kid. <sighs> yeah. It Well, not speaking from experience <laughs> or anything. <laughs> it happens. Um, but yeah, if you, if you want to try and grow your small business, get rid of the bad stuff, keep the good stuff around, keep the right people in place, you know, have good mentors. That's another big, 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 big topic. Yeah having the right people in your corner is huge. And, and unfortunately it's not always the people that you think it should be. It's usually some people that you don't think in my experience that you didn't think originally like coming out of the gate, you're like, Oh, this guy is going to be like my number one supporter. Like I'm going to ask everything, you know, or ask all my questions to this guy and he's not the guy Mm -hmm. or or gal. Yeah. It, uh, it's part of it. So then it comes into, you know, who's a good mentor? Who's a good person to have in your corner? Who do you think is, or what, what kind of person should be in that corner of a mobile diesel repair business? Well, it's, it's unfortunate. You know, I've, I've worked with some great people that were great mentors and, you know, I lost, you lose that relationship when you leave sometimes, but I have a really good mentor now that we're kind of each other's mentor in a way because, Mm -hmm my boss has been in the industry for a very long time yeah. and he'll pop off with something. And I'm like, 
Jesus, I never even thought of that, you know. But now he's been out of the game of wrenching so long, it's everything's changed, and I'm trained on all the new stuff. So I'm right. like trying to explain it to him, oh, but yeah. I'm still like, well, what do you think? What is your opinion? You know, he's like, I don't know. So I look at him as that type of mentor because he's so smart with it all. So I look up to that guy a lot. And even if he doesn't really know how it works, I'm still going to ask him like yeah. his opinion on, you know, well, do you think we should keep fucking with it? Or do you think we should just go ahead and replace this type mm. of thing? You know, it's more of an opinion based thing because I trust him. So it, it, I, I don't know. I haven't really had a really good mentor mm. over the years. Right. I've had, I've had decent bosses, like I, I take that back. I take that back. My first boss was a really good mentor, mm-hmm. the one that taught yeah. me everything. And I don't really base that off of that because that was automotive. I'm talking about now. Right. I really got thrown to the wolves when I came into what I'm doing now. So I had to really learn on my own, but I had decent people I worked with that right. was if I called them, it was no problem. Yeah. You know, helping me out or because it was it was a huge culture shock going yeah. from automotive to green machines, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> especially combines working in <laughs> rice fields. You know, so you know you go from working on Duramax trucks to hydrostatic and you know all these controllers and <laughs> I had hydraulics in general. Yeah, Woo. just looking at the thing like what did I do? You know? And then now I look back on it. It's like, man, it was such a simple system. (laughs) You know, it's, it goes in one way and comes back the other. So, so I, the way I look at it now is mentoring. I wouldn't mind hopping into being a mentor, Mm -hmm. you know, helping people out because I've got a lot of experience under my belt. So, yeah, I think there's a couple different ways to look at mentors. And I think it's healthy to have a couple different ones, not Mm -hmm. just one to have for everything. Definitely. But not only in the repair side of the world, because it is really important to have one for like bouncing like, hey, I've got this problem. You know, have you ever ran into this? It's doing this. What do you think? And having that part of it, but also in business and everything else, like having those people that may not be in your industry, but they know how to run business. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Like my dad, like, hey, you know, call him type of shit. I, I see what you're saying now. Yeah, that's that's a good point. So. I have some mentors that have never run a mobile diesel repair business. Okay. Okay. Now um, we're, we're opening a can of worms here. I've right. got plenty more. Okay. <laughs> so the mentors on the mechanical end of it, you, it's good to have a couple of those. You, you should, you know, hopefully if you get a little bit of experience, you'll gain some friends and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And those are important guys to have, but then also business and everything else, you know, personal life, whatever you want to throw in the middle of it. But I have, uh, a key select few people that I keep in my corner and they're not mobile diesel repair mechanics. Mm -hmm. They've never owned a diesel repair shop for a business, but they are very savvy um, business people and they are in the industry enough to know, you know, like, Oh, you could do this or you can't do this. You know, like they they understand the general sense of business side. Right. Yes. You know, like they may not know the struggles of, you know, the turbo actuator that is bad right out of the box. You just want to throw it at somebody's head, but you know, stuff like that. It's so funny. You say that. Cause I got an EGR valve yesterday. It was broken right out of the box. Don't you love it? <sighs> and well, you and did you already get to the, I went, you were working on went or? And picked it up uh-huh. went back to the machine, opened the box when I 
Yeah. Keep telling myself, open the box <sighs> at the dealer yep. or at the shop. And I freaking didn't. <laughs> it happens. It ha- Yeah. That's, it's always worse when you show up there and it's a half an hour drive each way. And you're like, this yes. is fun. I yes. love this. This is, I love doing my job. Um, but having, having good mentors, you know, and stuff like that, they may not know it all, but make sure you're picking out once again, like we were saying earlier, picking out the right people. Yeah, no, definitely. I, my father-in-law is definitely one that, you know, I talked to about business, you know, like the other, the other night, cause my, my, my in-laws were just here for two weeks and my company is switching my 401k over mm. to another company yeah. You know, and they're trying to do all this process, and I'm just like, I don't understand some of this. And he sits back and goes, just starts explaining all this yeah. stuff to me. I'm like, well, I never thought of it that way. And he's like, well, you got to think about the interest over the years too, and all this right. stuff. I'm like, Jesus, I don't even know what you're talking right. about, but okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is a smart guy that retired at you know his early 50s. So mm. you think about that, right? Um, so I gotta take it. Oh, is that all right? Yeah, we can pause this thing. So I kind of want to talk about, before we dive into anything else, I want to talk about like training and stuff or not necessarily training for your guys because it sounds like you're doing a pretty good job. But I'm talking about like, say, on at one ranch, you have a John Deere Mm -hmm. tractor. You've got codes on that tractor. Do you have access to like service advisor or cat sys or any of that stuff? In a sense. So, like, we carry some generic computers that will pull codes and stuff oh, like that okay. and will give us information. And then from there, we just go hunting. You know, we we, we have made friends with all the local dealers, um, which is another important thing if you're a small business is make friends, not enemies, with the guys that are selling you all the parts and everything else. But we can call most of those guys and tell them, hey, we've got this and everything else. They know that we're going to buy the parts from them anyways. Mm-hmm. So they're now, at first it was not this way, but now they're pretty willing to work with us. And if we can't do it out there, they're going to take the job on anyways. Yeah, you know, if I got it's you. warranty or something else. I, I got you. Okay, yeah, I, was, I, I kept thinking about that this yeah. whole time. I'm like, well, shit. And then I guess, you know, you're kind of doing some training, so – are you training guys on like electrical diagnostics yeah. and all that stuff? And yeah. And so I, I want to, I've got an idea on this too. Uh-huh. Okay. So I, we obviously in house train all of our guys. Yeah. Um, the most experienced guys train the non-experienced guys, you know, that's a pretty simple deal. But on top of that is we send guys out that are qualified enough to do the job, but may not know how to do it. And purposefully I set aside money aside every year for training to where they can sit there and figure it out. Like I got a call yesterday from a guy that was working on some trailer wiring on a small trailer. They had replaced some stuff on it and it wasn't done properly and they had to figure it out. I knew the answer before they left the shop of what it was. Cause it's pretty simple. Yeah. 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 Very, 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 yeah. Very mm-hmm. simple. Mm-hmm. But having that person figure it out, now they'll know it for forever. Exactly. So it's, it took them an hour to do it, but now they're never going to forget about it. You know, like that's <laughs> the best way to do it. Cause if you just tell them the next time they go out, they're going to forget about it and they're going to go back into doing the exact same thing that they're doing before. And I'm going to have to make that phone call again. So having some money set aside as a business to go through those heartaches and stuff like that. Cause even now, like we'll, we'll pull on jobs that we have no business in. <laughs> and we have went south and spent a lot of money and lost a lot of money on jobs because yeah. we 
bit off way more than what we can chew, but you don't know until you try it, you know, just yeah. try and put your best foot forward. You know, that's all you can do. But okay. So as an independent, not a dealership mm-hmm. on training as mobile, cause this is what, you know, everything that we're going to be talking about is all mobile here. We work on everything, you know, hydraulic systems, electrical systems, engines, you know, transmissions, everything. Right. Yeah. There's guys that are very specialized in certain areas that are very good at what they do. So like for us, we do a little bit of everything, but we're not particularly the best at any of them. What I'm working on this year is to partner with a couple different shops that are really good at certain stuff, but not good at others. So an example is our local hydraulic shop. All they do is hydraulics. Yeah. They're very good at diagnosing them, very good, very good at um, rebuilding valve bodies and everything else. And not that I want to do all that, but instead of sending mechanics to a schooling somewhere that you got to buy them a hotel, you got to pay for their meals and everything like that. Not that it's the end of the world, but you have somebody in your own hometown that could train your guys. So here's my concept. You sure you want to give this out on the air yet? Yeah, I mean, it's if you, unless you're trying to come up with a business plan, because I know a few people that we've kind of talked. I think I know where you're going with this, and there's a, there's a. I, I, are you sure you want to talk about this on the air? <laughs> Go I on. Mean, we'll we'll talk about well, it later. Okay. Because I think I know where you're going with it, okay. and I think it's a a freaking beautiful idea. Yep. I I don't. Yeah, we'll talk about it more later on. Uh, okay. And if it's if it does turn into something, we can have you back on and we'll okay. talk about it. Yeah. After if it does work at the end of this year, we'll come back. We'll talk about it more because it is something that I think it, it might be something that I'm interested in investing in type thing. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I completely agree with where you're going on it. Because yep. there is a lot of independent guys out there that will that are super bright on one thing. Yeah. But let's just say they're bright. They know everything on Caterpillar, but then yeah. they get sent to this John Deere and, and yeah. it's like a, an 100%. actuator. And 100%. they're like, I don't know. Right. So anyway. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to talk about, I don't really want to talk about the, what to look forward to in our industry unless you want to, because I think we're all kind of seeing what's happening in our mm. industry. Do you think it's bright? Do you think it's dark? Certain people, I think it's bright. Yep. Dealerships, bright, mm-hmm. obviously, because you're always going to have the training there for the new stuff. Yep. As far as independents, yes and no, because independents are always able to figure out most of the stuff. Yeah. Um, and then you've got certain things that are probably going to put certain people out of work. Right. Or... They're not going to be able to work on that, yeah. you know? So it's it's up in the air. But I think we need to really slow down on a lot of shit, especially AI stuff. Oh, yeah, AI <laughs> coming in. Even though, coming in hot. Even though ChatGPT helps me out a lot with this podcast, yeah. we're good friends. Um, it's still scary. You know, right. I ask it a question and it responds faster than I can even, you know, read it. It's weird. It's an odd one. I haven't even messed with it at all. I just hear it's about it. Fucking amazing. Really? Excuse my French, but it's amazing. It's it's helped me out a lot. Yeah. Just with the podcast. That's amazing. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, it, it's cool. Scary. 
Yeah, scary, but it's pretty impressive that we can do that as a human race. <laughs> yeah, but when's it going to eliminate the human race? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the next part. When are we going to live in Terminator? You know, mm-hmm. which which Terminator movie we're going to be living in here soon? Yeah. So you kind of have another business venture along with your other business and it's the buying and selling repairing however you want to whatever you want let's talk about it okay i'm not even gonna try to explain it so we saw that um you know we go to these certain places and they didn't want to fix their equipment you know sometimes it was just a riding lawnmower sometimes it was a peterbilt truck you know whatever it was and rather than that person then just you know, parking it in the weeds and it never got fixed and it never got repaired, whatever it was, is we started buying it. So we'd buy that piece of equipment from that customer, fix it, and then turn around and sell it. Now the agreed upon price obviously had to reflect the repairs and margin for the sale. Yeah. So then we expanded on even more. Then we started looking at, well, where else can we find equipment and stuff? Um, And how it started was I got a call from a gentleman out of state asking us to go look at some equipment that was coming up for sale and just to go inspect it and report back to him. And, um, does that that happen to be at the local Richie brothers? No, no, no. We went all the way up to (laughs) Amarillo area. Okay. Yeah. And so we, uh, drove all the way up there. We made a day trip out of it. Me and the wife, we hopped in the truck, went up there, went up there Uh, took a look at this equipment, reported back to him, and he was going to have it shipped to him to have it uh, fixed and then sold up there. And uh, we talked to him for a while. We said, well, why don't you have it shipped to us? We'll, we'll fix it and sell it down here. Mm-hmm. And that's how it started the whole entire conversation. And after a while, then that's what we started doing. <laughs> so now we will go out and find stuff at auctions. Um, doesn't necessarily mean Richie Brothers because usually – you got to be there in person on Richie Brothers end of it. Yeah, I don't like that place. No, you find a lot of you can find the diamond in the rough, mm-hmm. but finding that diamond in the rough is tough. You got to be there in person because you can't see it online. I'd rather go buy something that's just for sale instead yeah. of having to bid on it, right? Because there's no guarantee. Like, oh, I see that truck, I got to have it, right. or whatever, and then there's no guarantee you're going to get it. So I'd rather go on Facebook Market. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's a whole entire industry that is easy to add to what you're doing. Yeah. So we started looking for this for sale equipment and we go out and sometimes it's local to us. Sometimes it's in California. Sometimes it's all the way in New York and we will purchase it, get it shipped to us. We'll go through it top to bottom because we still have a mechanics business, right? I can't sell a piece of junk tractor. It makes our business look bad. So we go through this equipment. We'll do everything from wheel loaders, skid steers, backhoes, um, John Deere tractors with a side boom mower on them. Um, everything. We'll go through them. Shoot, we even had a multi-equip welder the other day that we sold. Really? So we'll find this stuff um, all over at these auctions. Uh, check it out. Make sure that it is what it is. And I can't say that you're not going to get burned. You are going to if you do enough oh, yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. But we added that to what we did now. And it's it's an interesting business to be in. It is worth it. Yeah, I just get scared flipping stuff, you know, depending on what it is. It's calculated risk. You know, you really, well, I wouldn't be able to do that part of the industry. Talking about mentors, I wouldn't be able to do it without some people involved. Mm -hmm. 
So the people that we have involved have been doing it for a long time and that are close to us. And, and I ask questions to all the time and everything else. They've been doing it for before you could buy something on the internet. And so once again, finding those right people that you want in your corner mm-hmm. is very, very important. Cause I would have been burned a thousand times over if I were to try and do it on my own. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't, you know, like as a mechanic, you want to have everything perfect. You know, and so when you see anything that's a l- even a little bit of an issue, maybe you're like red flag, you know, like this thing's going to burn to the ground. <laughs> you got to fix everything. It's got to be perfect, which yeah. is great. It's mechanic, you know, mechanics nature to have everything be right. Mm-hmm. And then being able to have those people in your corner say, well, we can do this. We can do this. We can do this. This is a market for it. This is what you can do. Here you go. So. There's an industry there. I will say there's an industry there. Now, even we get calls to go out, look at Richie Brothers stuff. Yeah. You know, we'll get calls from people like, Hey, I'm looking for a water truck. You know, there's one coming up in the local Richie Brothers sale. Can you go take a look at it? And usually you find it and you're like, how big is your pocketbook? Not to purchase it, but to fix it. <laughs> like I am going to make some money off of this thing. Cause it needs a dunk. Ton of work, yeah. you know, but it looks good in pictures, right? It's got yeah, maybe nice new shiny they paint and everything. Hit it with the spray paint before oh. they send it out. Yeah. Oh, Mako special. <sighs> yeah. I used to oh. have to go there all the time when I worked at the deer dealer to look really? at all kinds of stuff. I hated it because it's like, oh, you take pictures of everything and it, it's just a big waste of time and money. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. So, well, that's cool. I I envy you for that. Because I I'm too afraid to do it because I don't want to lose out on a lot of money because sometimes you might look at something oh yeah I can fix that and you right. get it in and then oh, you yeah. start digging into it and it's way worse and finding the time to do it you know working full right. time and podcasting I don't think I'd have the time. Well, yeah, it, it's it's tough. I I am not telling anybody to go out to their local auction buy some because you will get burned unless you're really watchful, you know, and you can find yeah. those deals on Facebook marketplace, but then once again, you're competing against everybody else in the area that wants to go buy that thing for way too cheap. Right. Can we talk about the ridiculousness of prices of crap? Oh yeah. I'm like, cause I'm oh, kind of, yeah. cause I sold my OBS Ford and cause I needed the money. We'll just say that. And I got a good deal for it. Right. But now I'm like, oh, man, I'll just get like a Chevy 1500 or something. Just a I want a quad around. cab. Yeah. I've had one before. loved it. And I'm like looking at like 05s, 07s and stuff. And these motherfuckers for yeah. a 217,000 mile truck want like $18,000 yeah. for a 2005. I'm like, yeah. I bought my used 05 way back when and paid 16 for it with 50,000 miles. Right. You know, I'm like, where, where are these people getting these prices? But doesn't that give you more of an incentivized part to go ahead and start buying something and fixing it and flipping it? Yeah, but if you're paying outrageous money for a pile of shit, you how much are you going to get for it at the end? Make good contacts. Yeah. I, I guess. There, there's, some, there's some out there. You know, it's they're not everywhere. Yeah. Okay. And I've got some other ideas for some <laughs> stuff that you could do too, but we'll, we'll talk about that yeah. off, the, okay. off, off the podcast. Okay. Some other fun things that you can add to a business, but anyways. It's scary. The, the for sale side is like I, right now I've got a skid steer 
that was purchased and mm-hmm. everything like that, um, out of state came in, um, and it's got a blown hydraulic pump and it's scattered metal through everything. And it's a brand, not brand new, it was 2018, uh, Bobcat T595, you know, you know, two speed, everything expensive machine. Mm-hmm. Okay. It can't obviously have a blown up hydraulic pump and everything else. That's a $10,000 repair because not only do we have to do the pump, we're going to have to do the uh, flushing, everything, yeah. everything. Right. Cause once again, we got, we're going to sell a quality piece of equipment. So, yeah. you know, you, it's, we hope to have probably 90% winners. 10% is just going to be a negative. Yeah, of course. And once again, as a mechanic, you can catch this stuff before you buy it gener- generally. You can't always, but there's some stuff where you couldn't go to see it. You talk to the yard manager or whatever, and they said, oh, yeah, we drove it off the trailer. It was fine. Everything's doing good. You know, runs and operates, yada, yada, yada. And you're like, okay, well, we know it does all these things, and it should be good to go. And then you get some that transmission is blown up in them. And as long as you do your due diligence ahead of time, really go through it. The mechanics that are out there that are trying to do this, they know how to look at this stuff. Of course. You know, if you were a guy that's done his oil change twice on his Honda Civic, you might want to pick <laughs> something else to mess around with. But um, you can make some money on the side. Doing yeah, of stuff. course. You know, you can find some old, you can find some old junk. You know, like you said, everything's going high right now. So find that old tractor that's been sitting out in the yard for forever. As long as it, you go out there, you ask a guy if he wants to sell it, you know, say, okay, it's an old backhoe that has been running 10 years. Well, go have some fun with it. See if you can't get it running. Make sure all the bones are correct. It's an old tractor. You don't have to have it perfect to sell it again. Yeah. Right? Yeah, of course. Maybe some hydraulic lines and some wiring from the squirrels. But, exactly, yeah. But that's also another thing. I've kind of been looking for an old mid to late 70s F100. Yeah. No steering columns, no engines, all this stuff. Five grand, no title. <laughs> yeah. What? You what? psychopath? So if anybody's got a mid to late 70s F100 that they want to get rid of, yeah. just let me know. For cheap. Right. <laughs> I, I uh, envy my uh, brother-in-law. He's got three of them right now. Mm. And he bought them for, get this. So he found uh, one, bought it for 2500 bucks. It's got an old service body on it from... Really? Not factory service body, but oh, you know somebody put it, a fact uh, a service body on when it was new. Is it the one that's for sale here local? No. Oh no 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 in okay. uh, in uh, our not so fun state California. Oh okay. Yeah. So he bought this truck for twenty five hundred dollars, and it is no rust, super clean. Engine needs some work and stuff like that. Twenty five hundred dollars. I was like, where the heck did you find this thing? Who were you talking to? Because you can't find this stuff around for. Like you said, anything less than five thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and it pretty nice shape and everything like that. I was like, man, because I Lucky. I thought that you know how cool it'd be to show up to go do a service or repairs and something and an F one hundred service ah oh, yes badass right there definition of badass mm-hmm. rolling up yeah pretty cool <sighs> well, yeah I I still hate my dad for this one we. Uh, because my dream vehicle is a, a square body Bronco from the 66 to 77 Bronco. And I found one when I was like 18 years old and I had the money. The guy only wanted 3,500 bucks for mm. it. 
And I was like, I got to have this thing. Right. So we drive up to Placerville, California to go check this thing out. And my dad talked me out of it because the heater boxes under the hood and it had rust. They were rusted out and some of the floorboard had rust like through it. And I'm like, I could fix that. Right. You know? My dad's like, no, that's too much work. All this stuff. You can't do it. You can't do that. That's not worth the money. And I'm like, looking back now, my dad's like, yeah, I should have let you buy that, knowing what you could do now. And I'm like, yeah, $3,500. bucks. Right. Stealing it. Oh, I should have should have bought it. Should He did that to me on a CJ5 Jeep, too. Ouch. In, in Galt, California. Hmm. We'll talk about that later, because yeah. it still Bad hurts. Bad memories. Bad memories. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I, I want to move on to this question, because I love it so much. Well, it's actually a question that you'd like to ask, but I'm going to ask it for you, because I, I obviously you have some experience with it, and I've, I've experienced it myself, working at a dealer or anything. I've never been independent. Why be each other's enemy? Yeah. Independence, automotive versus us diesel mechanics. Everybody's got a nose up to each other. Why? Right. Who's better than who? Right. I don't get it. I, I don't see, unless you've particularly burned the owner of that shop for something that you did or didn't do, like, why? It, you know, when you roll up in the in your service truck into the yard, automatically, they're like, we don't like this guy. <laughs> It's funny, though, because, like, me and my coworker, we went and had tacos the other day around the corner from our shop, and we're in there, and there's some guys that work at the local, I think it was Mercedes or BMW dealership. They're mechanics. Hoity-toity. And they're in there eating, and, like, I don't know why, but it was just my instinct to, like, losers, you know? (laughs) I don't know why. He, He said the same thing. And he's like, do you just ever like nose up to automotive technicians? And yeah. It was more of a joke, but like there are some people out there that are like, you know, I'm better than you because I work on this. Man, and you know what's weird is we'll do it to, we do it to ourselves, you know, yeah. like we'll, we'll do it to other mobile mechanics. Like, you know, just pick any of them. We're all, all supposed to be homies. We're supposed to be. And we'd be a heck of a lot better off if we did. Yeah. But, you know. I can count on one hand how many other mobile mechanics that I that I'm like, yeah, well, I can call that guy tomorrow, and he's gonna mm-hmm. pick up the phone, you know, answer any any questions I got, you know, he's gonna bounce them off of us, whatever the case is. It's I don't know why, but there was when I worked at the deer dealer, and I was working up here in the quarries. This there was this lube lube tech that was in his lube truck always at the local Komatsu dealer. And every time I saw him, he was like, you know, just gave yeah. me the shittiest look. I'm like, dude, you're a fucking lube tech. Right. I should be looking down on you. But I was always nice to him. Said, what's up, man? Right. And he would just look down at me like, you work at the deer oh, dealer. <laughs> you work at the deer dealer. <laughs> deer sucks. Bro, you change oil. Shut up. Right. No, yeah. <laughs> it, and it's it's tough. You know, I get it. Um being an independent and then also running into all the dealership guys, mm-hmm. I will say it'd be cool to have a dealership, you know, truck and everything like that. But I mean, for us, it don't make any sort of sense. There's no reason to have it all. But the more we try to, we try to make more friends and enemies on that end of the world. 
but there's some some other independent mobile guys that are in our area that don't do what we do, but they don't like us because we're also mobile mechanics mm -hmm. for no reason. Like yeah. I've talked to some of them where they've worked on a piece of equipment, went out there after those guys and like, Hey, what'd you, what did you do to this? Cause like, it doesn't, it's, it's broken again yeah. <laughs> and not saying that he broke it, but one, um, it, I can't, uh, it, it smoked a head gasket in one of them. And the owner said that this other mechanic had the engine block and head all went to the machine shop, went through it all and everything like that. I was like, Hey, the head's warped on this thing, like real bad. Did these guys warp it or did it actually go to a machine shop and everything else? And you just put a head gasket. I was like, I don't yeah, care. Just did I, the old I, slap gasket. Right. And I was <laughs> like, I don't care. I just need to know because gasket slap. Sorry. I said yeah. that backward. Yeah, you get yeah. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> um, you know, and then I was asking him, I was like, none of these numbers match what the machine says that it should have in it. Like, where, really? where did this go? He's like, oh, no, we just took it to this machine shop. They did it all. It's all above board, all good stuff. Mm. And I was like, huh. Do you have the receipt? <laughs> yeah, because I was like, none of this stuff's okay anymore. Like, all of it's shot, for one, and it doesn't have any hours on it, and it doesn't match anymore. So where did this go? Yeah. And he's like, it was fine when I left it. It was running perfect. And oh, so the customer just swapped the head with a different one? <sighs> yeah, right. Come on. Yeah. And so. <sighs> Traveling heck. Yeah. Anyways, it's easy to burn bridges that way because yes. I'm like, all right, dude, everything I got to go behind you on is not going to be friendly. Hmm. That kind of goes into your why don't shops use each other, but that's also mobile equipment. Yeah. Because well, if you can't get to anything, you're going to sub, sub yeah. something out. Right. That's also scary, too, if you give somebody else your job because they're going to look back like, hey, you recommended this guy. He fucked up my machine or whatever. Yeah, it's tough. Um, we have a couple of shops that we do some mobile work for that they couldn't get to and stuff like that and vice versa. Mm -hmm. You got to trust the guys. You know, you, you do a lot of homework at a time. Hopefully I have a pretty good relationship. You, It's not, hey, I met you on the side of the road and I want you to go out and do this job for yeah. us. Generally, the people that we have go out with us to go do a job is they're better at it than what we are or that we couldn't get to it and they're the right people for the job. And, yeah. you know, cherry picking, cherry picking those people, you know, don't don't pick the wrong ones. Make sure that you get the right right deal in the right place. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, it, but being not being each other's enemy is only hurting us. You know, like we got to we got to unite here a little bit. It yeah. makes makes more sense than it does hurt anybody. And that's what the Certified Wrench Podcast is for. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We have built a huge freaking community with this podcast, man. and hopefully it keeps growing. But, yeah, no, uh, it's a uh, – I think I might even be guilty of it sometimes, maybe like – Mm -hmm. loser you know right. independent but, no I, i'm all for i've always been for independence because i've wanted to do it for so long type thing but it's scary man like going out on your own not mm -hmm. having the proper stuff to do work on machines because yeah. i'll say it, i've said it a million times i am a john deere technician that's mm -hmm. all i know i work on cats sometimes but i don't know everything my first job as an independent is going to be a freaking D10. <laughs> Something's not working, you know, yeah, I'm like, yeah. and I'm going to get out there and look like a complete fool, yeah. you know, and that scares the crap out of me. So 
that's what's kind of held me back for a long time. Yeah, you can do it. I'm sure I could, I but right now I'm sitting pretty, so we're just hey, going to stay where we're right. at. That's all right. But anyway, uh, anything else you want to talk about? There's a couple more things on here, but we've kind of hit and missed on some of them. I think we've covered a lot. You know, there there's a lot of rabbit rabbit holes that we can go down to oh, for yeah, of course. hours and hours and hours. I think we've skimmed over the top pretty um, well. Where do you, you got on here? Where do you see your business or any business and and other diesel? Man, I can't read. I can't read. I suck. I suck today. <laughs> Basically, where do you see everything going? You know, in the future. That's. I guess. Well, let's just turn it to you. Where do okay. you see? Where do you see your business going in the next? You know, five ten years. So five to ten years. Um. I will say that my end goal was where I'm at today. Okay. So now to dream bigger, do bigger things, make it better. Um, our shop's going to grow a lot. Mm-hmm. We're going to add more and more stuff to it. Um, right Very now nice. we've got a, a good enough shop to get by with what we've got, you know, but we need to expand on it. We've already expanded some, but we need to do some more. Um, we're going to continue to, Expand the shop, expand some in the mobile service end of the world. Three trucks is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I see it maybe going to four in a while, but I see us expanding the shop more now and then increase that workload. Because right now, a lot of the mechanics, they will go from uh, truck to shop. Yeah, You know, they'll be working on something out in the field. That thing gets brought into the shop. They will then continue those repairs there at the shop, mm-hmm. which is tough on those guys because they don't like unpacking all their tools to work on something, then packing it all back up. Yeah. Part of it right now, you know. That's yeah. how it is for me right now. Yeah. So, but it's more of, for me, it's, you know, we finish everything in the field and right. we're, we're a freaking water truck hospital right now in mm. the shop. So then you go and start working in the shop get all your tools out and go, Hey, I need you to load up so yeah. you can go to the field. Like, Guess what? Dang it. Yep. But so like when I worked at the dealership, it was filled only yeah. you know, everyone in the shop, unless your truck was broke down or something. So yeah, that was really hard to get used to. It's none of the guys like it. Mm-hmm. None of the guys that work for us, you know, like it's tough, you know, it, it would be easier if it was always one way or the other, which I don't think it'll ever be completely. Nope. No. But um, we're going to continue building on the shop to have move some guys either out of the trucks into the shop or keep the guys in the trucks and add, add some mechanics there in the shop as well. Just continue building on that end of it. Um, on top of that is we're going to we're going to do some. I've got some projects that I'm I'm working on right now. One thing I will say, being mobile, especially when you're first starting out, don't be afraid to diversify a lot. And then start narrowing it, narrowing it down after you kind of figure out your niche. Yeah, that you kind of answered some of my question. My next question, which was, do you have any any advice for yeah. any of the newbies? But I would be, I wouldn't be afraid to grab anything, try it out once again. Know your limits a little bit, but not don't be afraid to push it, you know, and figure it out. Yeah, that's what she said too. Yeah. <laughs> so so. We've got different avenues that we're going to go down this year. We've got some projects that I don't know if they're going to amount to anything. It all has to do with um, mobile service and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. 
Um, we're not just going to increase more workload or, you know, efficiency or anything like that. Like that's all a goal for this year. But on top of that, it's, I've got some projects that are different than what most other people are doing. So we're going to give them a try. Might be something that's, you know, I, I don't know if the projects this year are going to be something that's a definite, like majority impact of, of the bottom line of everything, but it'll be enough to where it might be fun. When it gets down to it, it'll be fun. That pays for itself. That yeah. make a little bit of money on, but we're going to try to bring some more stuff in house. You know, we, we outsource some stuff right now that we're going to try and bring in house and start playing around with it. Cool. It's a lot of people, um, also have advised to do what, you know, you know, like that's the, that's mm-hmm. the thought, just do what, you know, then you're not going to be stumped. You know, you're not going to get your foot stepped on and you're not going to get run over the top of and everything else. Actually, before we close this thing out, I got a question yesterday. I've talked about it multiple times on this podcast. And the guy asked me, how do you deal with burnout? He's obviously a dealer technician. Being a dealer technician, you get burned out really easily. Right. Working a lot of hours, working on the same stuff. I find that like repetitive stuff, you get burned out a lot. You know, same old thing every day. How do you burn it or how do you burn out with deal? How do you deal with burnout? If you get it. Burnout's always a thing. I I don't think it doesn't matter what, what job role you're in, what industry you're in. I think it's always a thing. Um, I think you got to figure yourself out first. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Yes. If you know what triggers the burnout, whether if it's working way too many hours, um, whether if it's doing the exact same thing a hundred times over again, and you're just a line mechanic at that point, mm-hmm. um, figure yourself out, figure out what triggers the burnout process for you. It's cause it's going to be different for everybody. Like some guys, they might not get burnt out or working 15 hours a day seven days a week. They won't care. They will be like, yeah, let's take on the day. They don't care. And then there's guys that work eight hours a day, but they do the exact same thing eight hours a day. And they're smoked by year two. They're done. They don't want to even touch it. They don't want to look at it. They don't want anything to do with it. Um, Figuring out what triggers the burnout and then trying to manipulate it to where it doesn't affect you. You know, whether if it's changing your industry, changing what you do, changing how you do it, you know, the hours that you work, um, yep. all odds up. Yeah. I, I found what helped me a lot when I was at the dealer was learning how to say no. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, can you work this weekend? Absolutely not. Yep. I've worked the past three weekends. Mm-hmm. Give me some time off. And if they try to tell you, you have to mm, write me up then, you right. know, don't be afraid. They don't control you. I understand that some, you take on these jobs to where, you know, it's, Minimum 50 hours a week, yeah. I understand, but there's times where you got to just take some time out for yourself because you're only going to, you're going to hurt yourself. And it, it took me switching, quitting the dealership life to understand why I hated people and what I was doing so much. Hmm. It took me leaving the dealership. Yeah. And now I work less hours, which I miss working a lot of hours sometimes, but it was getting to the point where I hated going to work, hated the people I worked with, certain people. 
and didn't give a, I didn't give a shit if I got fired that day. Yeah. Type thing. And that's a shitty attitude to go to work with because then you start getting to the point where you might hurt yourself at work, you know? Right. So there's multiple ways, multiple things. And like he said, figure yourself out first, Mm -hmm. figure out what's causing it. Right. Well, and and I didn't think about this, but you brought up a good point of people. Yeah. Man, that's a big one. It's <laughs> something that gets kind of forgotten at, at times, you know, because you, as long as you're, you're, it's not a concern, then you don't ever think about it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But having those people that you like to work with and for is yep. is important. Yep. And I mean, we could do a whole podcast on this whole situation, which yeah. is, you know, uh, mental health, all that stuff. Right. And maybe one of these days we should just do a full mental health episode and talk about, you know, what type of work you should be doing and taking time for yourself, all this stuff. And just remember, you know, women go to therapy and men do podcasts. Exactly right. Drink beer, do a podcast. (laughs) At 10 in the morning. Um, (laughs) But yeah, maybe we'll do that. I don't know yet. But uh, I think that was pretty good. I think hopefully we can help you out with that. Figure yourself out. I'll message you back. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think this is a good episode. Should we wrap it up? Yeah, sounds good, man. It was I'll fun. Do, yeah, no, it was uh, definitely some good insight. Something a little different. I get a little tired of talking about the same old thing. Yeah. And like I tell everybody, it's the same podcast, just a little bit different every weekend. Right. Just like Mater said, I used to date a girl just like her, only different. <laughs> but... Anyway, yeah, I think we uh, close this thing out, man. I, I appreciate you uh, make, taking the time out of your day for sure to come over and do this, and uh, maybe we can make something out of it. Yeah, happy to come back, uh, answer any questions of anybody. Of Yeah, that's uh, stupid. Uh, <laughs> I usually ask where can people find you if they you know need to get a hold of you. Or, yeah. You don't do social media too much, right? Um, we are this year. We're getting really in, in the weeds on it. This I really year. recommend it, especially for your business. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. It's something that's necessary. So, um, we have Facebook, Instagram. We have our own website and everything. You can see all of our for sale equipment on the website. You can see a little bit about us. Um, and what is what are those pages? So all of them are rentrockrepair. Okay. Dot com is the website. Rentrockrepairs, you know, is the instagram name and then also facebook name as well uh born weatherford texas you know give us a call happy to answer any questions as far as if somebody's looking to try and do something you know that is kind of like what we do i'll give you the two cents of what i got of what i know about it might not exactly fit what you're <laughs> looking to do but i'll give you the the ideas that i have about it and happy to help out right on well i think that's gonna be it sir. awesome man yeah and like I said, uh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do a outro later. I was going to do something smart-ass. Sweet. My usual yeah. thing, but I'll do it later. That's it. Well, thanks for joining me again on another episode of the Certified Wrench Podcast. Thank you to Denton for joining us today. It was a fun sit-down. 
Make sure you go check out his pages. Uh, make sure you go check out Certified Wrench Podcast pages. Give him a like and follow, or I don't even know how they work. Anyway, I'm out of here, guys. I'll catch you on the next episode.